Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Comics in the Combat Zone this week, talking CZW War at Station 44, which happened March 10th, 2001, in Smyrna, Delaware. You ever heard of Smyrna? Uh, I'd barely heard of Delaware, so definitely not heard of Smyrna. I don't like the name. I don't like saying it. No, it's gross. It's one of those words like moist or whatever that people, like it just gives me a bad feeling when I say it. Yes, having a Smyrna test. (laughs) Yeah, and apparently it's Station 44 because this is like a fire hall. So was oh, is like, it? It yeah. was an odd venue. It was an odd looking Very place. odd. I mean, we went from like a bar last week to a fire station. <laughs> like so they're just hitting all the high. It's like in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater where you like level selecting. It's like, whoa, you're at the fire station now. <laughs> when it's funny because like you, you were praising the production pretty hard last week and it's just gone right back to shit. <laughs> in some ways, yeah. I mean, the, the in-ring mics are still good, but there's no commentary. The camera yeah. doesn't look good. No, yeah, I thought the the in-ring audio was maybe the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, as a which was a big downfall, I'd say for this, it could be one episode that really needed bad mics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I yeah, I thought the in-ring audio was good. Yeah, no commentary. Uh, video was all right, so it was a shame. But I, as I said last week, they've burnt that pass of a good production, giving them an extra few, you know, an extra star, so. <laughs> well, it will open with a graphic here, Justice Payne interview. And I was like, oh, this could go either way. Probably will be shit, but who knows. Uh, and yeah, very nondescript arena, I say. It, it looks like sort of the Russian Cultural Center from Vancouver, if anyone went to, a, to an indie show there. Um, but yeah, Justice Payne comes out, and the fans are chanting, where is your title? So I think they do, like, follow the product. They must do. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that these are always regular. Like, I don't know if anyone's being like, let's just check out a CZW show. Like, they yeah. know what they're going for, and they go every time. So When he's like, for those of you who weren't, or uh, he says something about being being at Froggy's Grill or whatever, yeah. fr- where they were last week, and people cheered because they were there. So, like, I guess if it's just in Delaware, there's people just going to every show. Yeah, I don't know who the person is who lives in Delaware who goes to one CZW show but doesn't <laughs> go to the other one. Like, ah, that's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he says, you missed the biggest screw job in wrestling history if you weren't there. Once again, Zandig put himself over in his own company and he doesn't push guys like me or Blade. Instead, it's guys like Z-Bar, <laughs> which I thought was, like, I can't disagree. Yeah, no, it's good. It's, uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb has been stolen. <laughs> just his pain's pipe bomb. Yeah, uh, he demands his title and calls out Zandig for not wrestling in six months. Uh, in america so i thought that was everything he's saying it's like i don't know i like i said i was expecting maybe a ship promo and it was sort of like a decent promo yeah it wasn't an interview as promised (laughs) um you know but yeah i thought it was good i thought he looked good like he looks he looked beefy like he didn't look too juiced up um and yeah i thought it was a decent decent promo like Mm. he seems to have matured a bit i don't know like there seems to have been something that's happened especially over the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. where like i don't know maybe he got his head in the game a bit i don't know it was uh he seems to be taking it way more seriously yeah yeah definitely um yeah and then all of a sudden a shirtless nick burke just enters the ring and he grabs the mic and justice Payne is like squaring up like he's gonna have to fight this guy and nick burke's like you're 100 percent right about everything you said and you deserve a title shot and justice Payne's like Fuck yeah, man! Like, yeah, maybe they're building a, another faction. This was—I—I we'll I sort of liked these two's uh, dynamic here. 
Because Justice Payne said he puts over Burke as like a great in ring performer and says, "When I get that title, you're getting the first shot because you got screwed too." And yeah. I, don't, I don't know, it just something about these two that sort of worked for me. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see it. it. You know, I think it's important that the wrestlers take the thing seriously. Yeah, because that's what sells it to us. Like, yeah, obviously, it's all, you know, pre-written or whatever. Or in CZW's case, probably isn't pre mm-hmm. like written on the fly. Yeah, but like, it's important they take it, the wrestlers take it seriously. Xander gives them di- a direction two minutes before the show starts. Yeah, he's like, yeah, out there. <laughs> yeah, you're and gonna take a staple gun to the balls. He's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> see ya. Speak of the devil, Zandig's music hits, and he enters wearing a Ribera's Steakhouse jacket. Do you, you know the what that is? No, it's I a, didn't. It's a legendary sort of bar, wrestling-themed bar in Japan. And oh, okay. And it was okay. always this, like, rite of passage that if you wrestled in Japan, that's the only way you were allowed to get a Ribera's Steakhouse jacket. Oh, right. Okay, so, so I imagine there'd just be some pissed-off wrestlers who are like, this guy fucking booked himself in big Japan wrestling. <laughs> He's now just walking around with the Steakhouse jacket. I thought it was pretty funny. And it's a nice-looking jacket. Yeah, it looks cool. He's also out here with Zabar, uh, and they saunter around the ring and just start, like, bullying the fans. <laughs> like, he just pie-faced this guy, and I'm like, I hope that was a plant, not just, yeah. like, uh, an actual fan. <laughs> yeah, he's just walking about, just having a, a great time. I mean, it's always great to see Zandig, you know. Yeah. We've mainly seen him from the screen. There's yeah. a lot of screen and, and using their microphones, well, like God Audio. <laughs> well, and he gets in the mic, uh, gets in the ring, and he's like, you want what's yours, Justice Payne? I got what yours right here, and he grabs his dick. It was pretty funny. It was good. A classic, I have yeah. written here. I don't uh, know what that means, though, to be honest. And then... <laughs> Yeah, he, he, his dick belongs oh, to Justice just Payne. Yeah. That's not weird. That's weird. And then he calls him Justin Juice, like a steroid crack. And I'm like, who the fuck is yeah. that dick? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you were way bigger and more juice than Justice yeah, Payne. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he says, it's my company. I say who gets a title shot. You guys look like a tag team, so you guys get a tag match. I'm going to take the night off. He's hilarious. Like, he's just the heel owner of the company. Yeah. He was also the champion. Very Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Vince. A lot of similarities between those but two. Yeah, I, t- I mean, not in, in hopefully in some in very important ways. There's not similarities, mm-hmm. but... But steroid abuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> the, on that, yeah, yeah. Uh, he asks if anyone wants a tag team match, and then Dewey Donovan saunters out, and he says, I've got a team ready for the right price. And Zandig's like, they'll wrestle for whatever the fuck I say they'll wrestle for. And Dewey's just like... Oh, okay, sorry, boss. That's fine. <laughs> I like do like Keel Zandig. Yeah, I mean, he does. He doesn't take shit from anyone ever. No, it's, no, it's funny. And he just keeps he's going about going CZ fucking W. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So him and Bar just leave laughing, and Justice Payne says, "I don't care how it happens. I'm getting that title tonight." And then we cut. That's a ten-minute segment, and it might be the first decent promo segment I've ever seen in CZW. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was the only one that was like. Appeared to have some form of writing involved and like actual storytelling in some way. And so. Justice Payne was fired up. Like I believed him in Burke. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I, d- I don't know. Like this was pretty decent for what it was. Um, so then, just when we're starting to praise the show, out comes the Rock and Rebel, oh. <laughs> and of course he grabs a microphone. Now we've had a we've had fun talking about Rock and Rebel the past few shows. This is where he really like even went further than before and made it just. It took it to such an ugly place. Yeah, it's not good. Like, it's not, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like, I mean, you can, you know, we'll talk about what he says and stuff, but it just, it pushes it beyond. Like, it's not entertaining. It's not like funny. It's just like gross and 
Like gen- genuinely uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> like yeah. genuinely. Yeah. I'm glad we don't watch this together because it would just be like the silence. Of yeah, the it'd be so <laughs> weird. It'd be like, why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> yeah. So apparently, this is when I found out they're in a fire hall because uh, Rock and Rebel makes fun of the firefighters for being hung like little kids. So that wasn't too bad. And then he says, I don't care about Justice Payne getting screwed. I won the main event and should be champ. Actually, sort of a fair point because Zandig just decided it was a non-title match. Uh, but then he says, Zandig's too busy getting fingered by some sea slur uh, for Asian. And right there, I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's brutal. And then he goes in on his opponent, Ruckus, because apparently they're just doing this match again. Like, we couldn't get enough of it uh, with just all this racial shit. Uh, he makes slavery jokes. He's just, he keeps calling him like, uh, I, I don't even know. I didn't write it down because I was just they're like. Their slur is what he keeps calling him. What? They're definitely slurs, what he keeps <laughs> calling him. Yeah. yeah, like they're not the thingy. And then he's like. He doesn't drop an N-bomb, but pretty much everything but like yeah, right he, up to the line. He goes, uh, he talks about, you know, white power's back. He literally says white li- power yeah, is back. That's not, yeah, he says that. That's a quote. Yeah. This guy's got to be in some sort of hate group, like legitimately. I think. The hate club. <laughs> not the hate he's, club. In the hate, he's in the hate group, not the hate club. Like, I'm surprised he's actually willing to work with a black person because he yeah. just seems like such an awful fucking dude. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't agree with it, but if you want to do the angle of like racism, like uh, the heel and stuff, like it's it can't be like this. It has <laughs> to, like, and I'm there not saying you should nuance. do it. It has to like... It has to be like a wink, like a wink, or just like I don't know. No, like I'm saying, like when when they did it in the 90s or 80s or whatever, like you look back at it and it's like weird and goofy and very and hateful, yeah. But this is just him being like white pat, like that's <laughs> insane. That's so crazy. I was I was legitimately like, holy shit! Like this is sort of shocking. And yeah, uh, yeah I've never seen a racial angle done well. Like never, <laughs> no, yeah, and I never didn't. want to. <laughs> I'd like Triple H and Booker T would famously feud at, a, I believe it was Mania 19? It might have been 20. Yeah. Uh, and Triple H made a lot of racial remarks that were like on the line and sort of hinting. But like, that was terrible. This is terrible. They just, yeah, why why try? I think, yeah, the worst part as well, I think, is like, he says, and you're all going to, this is why I'm like, is it, a, I don't understand what the, because he's like, you're all going to be cheering for him. Uses a slur there mm-hmm. while you know you're all cheering for him, you're all cheering for him while he's thingy, and then like, y- yeah, it's like, is he trying to get Rooker's out? Like, is it a weird thing that they're trying to do? I don't know, I didn't understand it, I don't like it, I don't enjoy it, and <laughs> it's actively harming the product, <laughs> which d- that needs all the help it can get, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so he demands that they set up a poll uh, for a strap match. Because he has the gimmick where he wants to strap Ruckus with a leather belt, which is just, again, just like the imagery. It's like these are guys that have weapons at their disposal all around the ring, and yet he would choose to use a strap. It's sort of just like, uh. Yeah, it's not good. And so Ruckus mercifully is introduced and rushes the ring, and we just get the start of the match. Uh, Almost immediately, though, Ruckus loses momentum and eats a neckbreaker early, but then he uh, loses the advantage, or then Rebel loses the advantage going for the strap immediately. So immediately Ruckus begins with his handsprings and impressive flips, and that does get the crowd going. At least the crowd is on his side. Some of them are. I definitely heard some people going, get him, Rebel. And I was like, come on, bro. Oh, I, like, didn't, I didn't really hear yeah, that. Yeah, no, like, come on, bro. <laughs> That's so fucked, man. And then Ruckus, I, I hated this spot because Ruckus would get the advantage, and then he went for the strap. And it's like the, the guy's still on his feet. Like, yeah. They both did that, and it's just like, what? <laughs> you you got to have him down first, bro. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you played, like, No Mercy? 
they both climb together at one point, and Rebel unhooks the strap, but then they both fall over at the same time he loses it. And Ruckus grabs the strap first, and he hits Rebel twice, like, real hard, uh, which was at least nice to see. <laughs> That's, like, a good Deserved. first image, I yeah. guess, yeah. Uh, so before Rebel ducks the third one, clotheslines Ruckus, and then he just begins strapping Ruckus, like, four, to- four or five times. When Hartog has seen enough, and he pulls the strap out of Rock and Rebel's hand. Because this is the ultimate baby face we're trying to <laughs> push here. Rob Hardcock. <laughs> and Rebel pushes him down. But then Ruckus attacks from behind. Takes the match outside. Leads to his like runway handspring moonsault thing that he does. Uh, which always looks impressive. I was thinking like a firehall. The floor must be slippery. Like he really pulled this off. He, I mean, he's gracious. He's, he knows <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. He goes to the top for a dive, but then Rebel, like, hits him out of the air with a chair. He just throws it at his head. And then they go back in the ring. Uh, Ruckus attempts to reverse whip, but Rebel jumps to the top. It's a flying clothesline, his shitty flying clothesline that just (laughs) looks terrible. Uh, Ruckus hits his own clothesline, then a top rope moonsault for a two count. And then, I don't know if you caught this, but the guy operating the camera was just having a conversation with, like, the buddy next to him. Yeah. And you could just hear what he was saying, and he was talking about... This other, like, local promotion I've never heard of called the ECWA. And he's like, you know, the product's not the best, but, <laughs> it, but it's cheap, and like, they have some good guys. And I'm just like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. You're holding the camera. Zandig definitely fired him after this. Oh, Zandig beat the shit out of that guy, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just took the strap to him. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebel hits a low blow, and then he starts stomping a mud hole in him. Uh, Hartog's, like, counting five to try to get him to break it up, and then he tries to pull off Rebel, so Rebel shoves him down. This causes Hartog to pick up the strap with Rebel's back turned, strapping him, and it allows Ruckus to hit a high, sky-high sit-out sit bomb for the first win uh, of his feud with this guy at five minutes and four seconds. So at least they gave Ruckus a win for They once. defeated racism. Warthog, <laughs> yeah. the white man, defeated racism. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know why they like insist on Hartog being like, a, a central part of this feud. It's so weird because I wait. You gotta Google this guy if you like. Not we're not given a good enough image. He's just the most schlubby looking. Yeah. Like, divorced dad, sort of. You know, sleeps in a race car bed like Miller's <laughs> father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so the fans are cheering as Rebel clotheslines Hartog, then beats him down. Uh, but then Ruckus comes to Hartog's defense, and both Hartog and Ruckus just chase Rebel to the back. Like he just runs away from them. Yeah, maybe they're forming a tag team. That might Ruckus be. and Water. <laughs> yeah. talk. Then we get our cut. And uh, I think I was so happy that segment was over. Uh, yeah, I hated it. I just really hate it. And that is the last we'd see a Rebel on this show, thankfully. Uh, we get our the world's worst faction. They haven't named them, so I'm just going to continue to call them the world's worst faction. Is John Dahmer, Ed Valentine uh, come out first. And it's funny because they're building up to how, what's his name? Jeff Rocker is just like a steroid monster. Yeah. So they come out and then they part ways and reveal Jeff Rocker, who looks even bigger. It's like, insane. Bigger yeah. than ever, dude. I don't know how he's like getting this jacked this fast. Yeah, and he's got he's got that uh like weightlift like steroid weightlifter walk where he can't put his arms by his sides fully. And John and, and they Ed just start start mocking him. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. The, the the other two guys start walking like yeah, behind yeah. him, which is fucking hilarious. It's like I think it's like you know how you're meant to cycle on and off steroids and like there's a like actual s- way to do it. Okay, yeah, there's definitely a healthy way to do it. Jeff Rocker looks like a guy who's just 24/7 365. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's he's binging steroids <laughs> all night. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. And then out comes uh, like hot topic Johnny Cashmere, who's he's still got like that pissed off emo look to him. 
Uh, and he's out next when his partners are intru- tr- introduced by the announcers as handpicked by Zandig. So I'm like, oh, what the fuck are we going to get here? It's cute. Shania Twain, I feel like a woman. As Lord Everett DeVore and <laughs> El Sexisto, Sexisto are introduced. Uh, what the fuck was this, Ben? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't. We haven't seen ever. I mean, it's fun when he pops up for a cameo. <laughs> like <laughs> they just, use him as a punchline. Yeah, it's very strange. Like, look at this loser. Yeah, he has to team with this fucking weird British loser. <laughs> is he? Br- is is he actually British? Oh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> he, put, he puts on like various British French accents. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. He's not good at wrestling at all. But it, I guess it's fun. Like at this point, by you know, he's worn me down to the point where I'm like. Oh yeah, this guy. That's yeah. that's uh, that's you know popping like I'm popping for a guy. Yeah, after some heavy racism, uh, light homophobia was a welcome change. Yeah, yeah, show. definitely. Because yeah, that's yeah. what they were doing. It was like, oh, these guys are gay, and yeah. they have to team with Kashmir because that's just Zand- Zandig's way of fucking with them. <laughs> yeah, very strange. That's literally what this was. And El Sexisto is like he comes out dressed like a cop in like a dingy male strip club, you know, and he's just. Like, that is his gimmick. He's just, like, a gay guy who's, like, making people uncomfortable by, like, touching them and stuff. And it just, like, again, I'm like, what the fuck are we watching here, man? Yeah, this is peak. This is, yeah, peak 2001. Like, this is, I don't know. It was was very uncomfortable. Mm, Yeah. Not as much as, again, like, literally, the Rebel stuff sort of, like. Oh, yeah, it's worse. It curves it. So it's, like, now this isn't as bad. This is a step. (laughs) comparison. Yeah, you've got to slowly work your way down in terms of. (laughs) But yeah, this was fucking terrible. Uh, so they come out and Cashmere's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll work with these guys as we get the worst faction of all time versus Johnny Cashmere, El Sexisto, and Everett DeVore, who might, if they were to become a faction, would be the new worst faction of all time, maybe. But this is a pretty shitty match that I wasn't looking forward to. Yes, yeah, I did not care at all. <laughs> uh, Sexisto starts, uh, teases starting with Dahmer, but then turns and hugs with DeVore. Because they're doing a thing, like, maybe they're together, uh, which is, again, very strange. And immediately when they hook up, they just each exchange low blows. Dahmer takes control with rolling suplexes of her two count. And then Sexisto runs from Dahmer and blind tags Devorin, who attacks him from behind. And then it's weird. The match is, like, like these guys are portrayed as jokes when they come out. But then they don't tag in Kashmir at all. And they're, like, fully in control of the match. Just, <laughs> yeah. just making, like, fast tags and stuff like that. Uh, avi- finally, Dahmer cuts uh, uh, Devore off with a big spine buster, and then he tags in Eddie for their what's up, like Dudley's leg drop. Uh, Eddie goes for the pin, but Sexisto breaks it up, and then Devore low blows. The fans are, like, turning on this match. They're, they're chanting boring. They don't yeah, like I it. Yeah, I did. I turned on it. I was chanting boring. I, t- I turned on it upon the introduction of it. Yeah, <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. sucks. And I also hate covering six-man matches because all this shit happens all at once and it's tough to sort of, like, follow, especially when the guys aren't good wrestlers. Yeah, no, it's it, it's just tr- it's trash. Mm-hmm. So Rocker gets the tag, but the ref's back is turned and he doesn't see it, so he doesn't allow the tag, which is, like, not the spot for the heels to do. Like, that yeah. is a babyface spot. So even then, I'm like, what is this? Like, what the fuck is this match? Finally, Rocker does tag in, and so does Cashmere, and they start having this, like, shitty brawl. Like, Jeff Rocker's a low-key, like, terrible wrestler. And, and I think <laughs> No, he's a high-key terrible wrestler. <laughs> he's, he's definitely not subtle about it. I think his physique is, like, impeding him. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he just... He's that Ultimate Warrior. Like, he just gets gas so quickly. But mm-hmm. at least Ultimate Warrior did the, like... He'd shake the rope and, like, run in. Yeah. Like, Jeff Rocker is walking at barely... He's a barely a walking speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So Rocker just picks up Cashmere, and it's like he's going for a suplex, but he doesn't go down with him. He just drops Cashmere, who lands on like his head and shoulder, in a really ugly way where I thought he might have just gotten injured himself. And yeah, then he ta- tags in Eddie, and you hear Eddie be like, are you all right, bro? Like, that looked fucking ugly. Yeah, it was a lot of... Mo- I think, yeah, they're just not... They're not good wrestlers. <laughs> like, I don't know if any of the people in this match are good wrestlers, but... Well, and I think Eddie was, like, worried for him, so he goes to powerbomb him, but almost loses him and, like, drops him on his head again. <laughs> so instead, he just, like, gingerly places him down on the ground to protect him, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. But the fans obviously just all over this guy. Like, yeah. You, you fucked up. CTE. CTE. <laughs> Cashmere seems genuinely hurt as you hear the ref tell them you got to go home, which is a wrestling term for, like, end this match. Go okay. Back. Um but the heels keep tagging in, and one by one, they just slam Johnny Cashmere. Yeah, they really are just be. It's just like, like bullying. <laughs> yeah, Rocker attempts a people's elbow for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was so funny that bit. Yeah, and Cashmere just trips him, stomps him, and then like he's it. Cashmere's finally in control for the first time in this match, and then he just turns and attacks his own partners. Like he punches them for no reason, and the fans like explode. So like this just turns into. A five-on-one, like, handicap match. Because they don't just go to the back or whatever. They just turn on Cashmere. Yeah, very strange. And so this leads to Cashmere, who takes out all three heels. And then he turns again and dives on his own partners over the top rope. Um, And then it just turns into everyone smacking Cashmere with chairs, like, on the outside. Like, they all, one of them hits him, and then they take turns just hitting him. But then he no-sells the chair shot, starts firing up on Dahmer. And then DeVore just hits him from behind with another chair, and they all just start beating the shit out of him. I don't understand it. It's very strange. The booking's so strange. They're trying to get Cashmere over as this, like, rebel without a cause. Like, I don't know. And, and there's no setup to this at all. No, like, I'm like, where? what's he been doing? Like, I don't understand. Like, like, I remember months ago he cut a promo on CZW. And I guess we're just supposed to remember that, and then because he's like VP, is he VP? No, that was his uh, other uh, his brother, what, Johnny Moreno. Oh, is it? Yeah, and then he's just hasn't been on TV either. Oh, he was in the backseat boys, wasn't he? Yeah, he was with Trent Acid. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's so like, strange. It's like, really it's tough to follow. Yeah, it is, and th- yeah, this match is just so bad. Yeah, and long. Um, so yeah, Succisto and Divorce set a table on the outside. And they lift him, like, up. Like, they elevate him over the table instead of laying him on it. And then Eddie Valentine does a splash through him, through the table. Uh, Eddie goes to pin. But then Rocker, like, pulls off Eddie, his own partner, only just to pin Cashmere himself. It was 12 minutes and 56 seconds, but it feels like three times that. This it match. felt so... that The 12 minutes felt like, you know, <laughs> when it was just him in the ring getting beaten up. Yeah. That felt like I was watching that for 12 minutes. <laughs> just going back and forth. I was like, Jesus. Like, this is so long. Like, they... Oh, man. Yeah. And so, once again, the worst faction ever ends by arguing because Jeff Rocker stole the pin for no reason. Yeah. And then he's walking out looking very funny, <laughs> like, with his weird, like, Roblox walk. Yeah. And Cashmere... <laughs> Cashmere's slowly gets to his feet as the fans actually do cheer for him. So maybe maybe there's a method to Zandig's madness with this one. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, so <laughs> no, there isn't. Yeah, I'm going to give it, yeah, strong maybe. <laughs> yeah, so we get our hard cut, and we have the announcer. So there was this ring announcer who was new, and I thought he sounded really good, actually. But he would 
like some matches he just wouldn't announce anyone. Some matches he'd introduce like one half of the match. Yeah. Like in the main event, it's a triple threat, and he only announces wife beater and not the other two. It That's really, what I do, to be fair. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I was yeah, like, is he like missing his cues or just forgetting? He like, was cool though. He was a he was a little chunky boy. He was, he was like a. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, I, we, he looked we, like he was dressed for the prom too. Yeah, yeah. He did look like a thirteen-year-old boy in his dad's suit. Like it's, <laughs> it's he's cool. I like him. Yeah. Uh, so hailing from South Japan at nine and a half inches, it's Trent Acid. Uh, <laughs> Gets me every time. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Uh, and then he's out to pretty awesome music, actually. I, di- I didn't remember to write down what he. Yeah, I didn't. To. I was genuinely thinking. I was like, this this shit slaps. Oh like no, it's the it's sorry, it's the Midnight Express music from like the eighties. Oh okay, it's so good. It sort of sounds like FTR's music, but like. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Actually, yeah, yeah. And he's out with Z-Bar, the superstar, as they're <laughs> calling him now. <laughs> and his opponent entering to way shittier music, which sounds like, like a Limp Biscuit cover, like a Limp Biscuit techno cover. Yeah. It's very strange, uh, but it's Rick Blade. I don't know why he didn't just stick with Ba with the Ba. I was furious. <laughs> this was uh, this is the moment I turned on Rick Blade. <laughs> the fans didn't, though. He loves them. Yeah. They love them. They're chanting Rick fucking Blade, like, nonstop. But then randomly this, like, different referee wearing shorts comes out <laughs> and he like tells the ref like oh i'm zandig's handpicked referee you get out of here to brian logan and brian logan's like okay i guess we'll just do this and for some reason like uh rick blade or just allows this and just <laughs> starts the match uh and i couldn't even he was so bad on the microphone the the crooked referee i couldn't even catch his name and i'm hoping i won't have to learn it and this is just a one and done because yeah, I don't think you'll have to learn it. It was fucking stupid. Yeah, I why, why not make Zabar fucking ref like they did yeah, last yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it is straight. Yeah, because <laughs> you've literally just done that. Like, <laughs> so do it again. Yeah. Yeah, they did that in the match where Rick Blade was helping Trent Acid yeah. in that fucking weird gauntlet or whatever. So weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, the gauntlet. <laughs> what I would do for the gauntlet this week. So we were talking last time about how Acid's doing this thing where he delays the match as long as possible. This was taken to an extreme. I counted for six minutes. He would, like, tease starting the match, and then he'd roll out of the ring and sort of, like, walk around. And, like, grab his balls. And then he'd, like, tease leaving, but he's like, no, I don't want to leave it. Yeah. It took forever to get this thing going. Um, but, yeah. So, Blade just channels RVD, and he starts winning this, like, reverse off exchange. And he's doing literally all the stuff RVD would do, like, the the same leg sweeps and attempted leg drops. And Bo, uh, the first time, he kicks Trent Acid in the face. And so Acid just goes back to the outside and starts being like, oh, I'm done with this. Like, again. And it's just like, dude, it's just overdone at this point. Yeah. I mean, I really like his drip. He's wearing, mm. like, these silver pants. <laughs> I really yeah. like his coat. He's got, like, an amazing silver. I, to be honest, I'm starting to feel sad when I watch Trent Acid wrestle. Why? Because uh, you know I'm growing to really like him. And it has a tragic end. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it's sad knowing what, what's what's coming up because I genuinely do really like Trent Acid. Like, I think he's, like, out of all of them, even Rick Blade, like, he's not as good as Rick Blade as a wrestler, mm-hmm. but he's definitely the most charismatic one on the roster, I'd oh, say. easily. And, like, that is proven when, so Zabar and uh, Acid tease leaving. Yeah. And Rick Blade gets on the mic for just some of the shittiest trash talk you've ever heard. Yeah. It's just a guy with zero charisma trying to talk shit. And yeah. Like, the crowd doesn't even go with him. Like No, and I think, I mean, I... I did expect that this might happen because obviously a lot of these wrestlers sadly you know ended tragically but it definitely Trent Acid is the first where I'm like oh man that kind of sucks actually because I think he's actually good he's a good wrestler 
you know, willing to put his body on the line, uh, a very charismatic and like, yeah, it's, it's, it is just sad to like kind of knowing what's coming. Yeah. I mean, you can't look at these people as people because uh, like not many of them. End yeah. Up, like, no, in a it's, good place. It's like, bad, but it, you know, I, and I, I enjoy watching him though. And I, yeah, but you're right. Like just start wrestling, bro. You got to separate. You separate the art from, from the artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then they get in the ring and they have another very fast paced like martial arts exchange and they they have great great chemistry together. Like mm. the reverse offs do look really good. So then a- it ends with Brickblade kicking him right in the face again. And Acid just starts playing dead like he's concussed or something. And Zbar goes again to like walk him out of the arena. <laughs> And then it turns out he was just playing possum the whole time. As soon as Blade turns his back, Acid rushes rushes in and super kicks him. Starts, like, mocking his crane pose and shit. So that was funny. <laughs> yeah. This is when the match actually just begins. So this is, like, eight minutes already. Okay. Yeah, that's too long. That is too long. I mean, <laughs> I just did a soliloquy about how much I love Trent Acid. But, yeah, like, mm-hmm. he should have been wrestling. Uh, Acid rolls out of a head scissors impressively. But then Blade does his, like, weird face buster bomb where he just makes the guy do a moonsault. Uh, Blade grabs a ladder and he sets it in the corner and just in the most CZW classic way, as soon as he sets it up, Trent Acid just back, back body drops him on it. And it's like one of these flimsy like aluminum ladders, so it just like breaks. Yeah, it, it like bends. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a couple of moments in this episode for sure where we need to create a bingo card where we're just like, if this <laughs> happens, <laughs> yeah, wait till you get house because, yeah, there's a couple of other s- other things coming up. But Yeah, you yeah. the fans make a drinking game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chair table, sea of chairs, yeah. table ramps. Let's see if you c- we can end up as concussed as <laughs> some of the wrestlers did. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Outside, uh, Acid sets up a six-chair table, and then he actually face-busters Blade on it uh, for once, so it wasn't just used against him immediately. Back inside, Blade counters an Irish whip and then super kicks Acid out of the air, which looked really cool, and then he puts him in that avalanche sort of stretch before just leaving, lifting him and hitting an avalanche bomb. Acid misses the f- uh, springboard for, or sorry, Rick Blade misses the springboard 450, which the only time he does it, it's really cool because he, he'll springboard like up on the top rope and then do a 180 and springboard again into a 450. Yeah. And he's done it three times, but all three times he misses. It's like (laughs) the opponent doesn't want to like take a 450 or something. Uh, So Acid just lays a chair on him and then he hits a tumbleweed leg drop onto it, which looked brutal, but it also looked brutal because one of Acid's legs hit the broken ladder. Yeah. And you could tell him just holding it right away like that. He didn't expect it and it must have just killed. Yeah, this is not a fake injury. Like, <laughs> this is not a fake injury. This is the first pinfall attempt, too, by Acid, and the referee is just doing a, an insanely fast count. <laughs> yeah. I always think, like, it must be tough during a fast count to actually kick out at the right What's up, Brainiacs? Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just a programming note that every Monday at 9 Central, you can join me, Andrew Slack, and Josh Custodio for Monday Night Program. Come hang out with us as we continue to build the WBCW universe using Fire Pro Wrestling Promoter Mode. Who should we sign? What matches should we book? Join us for the only professional wrestling program on Monday nights. That's Monday Night Program on twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain. Time. I to kick out and also like the refs like the refs ability to like count is impressive mm-hmm. like to do the counts properly because you've definitely seen it where it gets botched I mean yeah. you know in wrestling where they just go one two and like no you're not supposed and then you just go on with it so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah sometimes like, the ref just has to stop their count yeah and they, it's so funny they and they've the not guys. timed it well because you just see <laughs> yeah. the hand hovering you're like kick out bro I'm on two you're making me look like a yeah <laughs> so acid uh, constructs a ladder table with two chairs and the broken ladder and I'm like man that like the ladder's 
like it would be dangerous to bump on because there's like a jagged metal part sticking in yeah, the air. Yeah, you're getting tetanus if that cuts you. And he hits this disgusting spin-out power bomb on Rick Blade on the ladder. Yeah. It looked like the worst bump of this match <laughs> by a mile. Uh, then the heels set up a table outside and they get Blade to the top rope to set up an acid bomb. But then Blade counters and reverse suplexes acid back into the ring. And instead of the table, he just lands him on that broken ladder. And there's no when it's a reverse suplex, he has no way to protect himself. He just yeah. has to take it in the on the ribs. Um, so Blade reconstructs the ladder table outside, and this lat it's the ladder's like comically broken. In this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it's like it's like it's glitched in a video game, <laughs> and like it's like flying all over the place. Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, so he puts acid on top of the broken ladder, and then hits his like flawless suicide dive swanton bomb over the top rope. It, that move always looks incredible. Yeah, a lot of shit. Yeah, like uh, the four. Yeah, there's, a, there's moves in wrestling where like they always look amazing, no matter how many times like that. And mm. I, I think a four fifty, oh, just yeah. because you just like ha- like how. Yeah, Rick Blade does a lot of just cool dives. I mean, that is it's always been his thing. I, I get the feeling he's not as into the deathmatch shit. Um, no, he just wanted like somewhere to wrestle. Like <laughs> yeah. he's just been pra- for years. He's just been practicing doing flips. And someone said, yeah, "Well, don't you also like fighting?" It's like, yeah. Well, even but in that Nick Mondo match, it's like Nick Mondo took all of the glass and barbed wire. Like Blade sort of just yeah, I'm yeah, not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's odd. I mean, I don't we don't, I don't haven't looked up what I have, like Rick Blade or whatever, but it mm-hmm. it does seem he was missing that it factor that may push on he's clearly a good enough wrestler to like wrestle it's just i would guess still alive but not still wrestling no no definitely not still wrestling but i just wonder if he went on to anywhere else for a bit or yeah probably just some indie or whatever mm. um so yeah acid tries to throw blade out and blade lands on the apron and slingshot ddt's back in the ring at this point the referee just refuses to count when Blade's going for pins, he's like, I'm not counting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do, have a heel ref. Yeah, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. So, so Blade sets up a chair on Acid's head, uh, and he kicks it. Like, it's weird. So Acid's, like, dazed standing, and he balances the chair on his head and then just super kicks it, and the chair goes, like, flying off. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And again, the ref goes down for, like, the super slowest, like, two count, like, literally, like, a slow motion count. Uh, so Blade hits three moonsaults in a row, and then a crazy corkscrew dive. Then he grabs the table into the ring. He lays acid on the table. He builds a chair table on top of the table. And I was like, what the fuck's he doing? <laughs> yeah. This looks crazy. Um, but then Z-Bar pulls down Rick Blade's leg, allowing acid to jump off the table. And he hits the acid bomb, which is essentially just a face buster onto the table. And the table doesn't break. It, like, doesn't have any give at all. So Acid lays him on it, and he hits it, that like 180 dive he does. Like, it's just a turn in midair. Yeah. And he lands right on Rick Blade's face. Uh, breaks the table, thankfully, though, and wins this match at 24 minutes and 48 seconds. Yowza. That is too long. Yeah, that is that is way too long. Like, I I think that that time, like, any match over 20 minutes should be reserved for, like, very good wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, and it shouldn't feel like twenty four. No, you yeah, no, definitely not. And like a lot of that was just Trent Acid just walking about having a laugh, I guess. Yeah, like eight minutes of it. Yeah. (laughs) So afterwards, Rick Blade has like this sloppy exchange with the referee, who you can tell just isn't a wrestler because he just couldn't even like take like strikes well. Yeah, it's just Rick Blade. He's just beating up a man. (laughs) Like he's just beating up a man. (laughs) Yeah, and then he hits him with a chair and grabs a mic, and in just the lamest tone, he's like. 
Welcome to CZW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you shouldn't talk. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't. Should talk. wear a mask, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that would be good, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we cut, and then out comes Jimmy Washington, who is just Pastor Jim dressed as a cowboy. I'm glad they finally dropped the Pastor Jim thing <laughs> because, like, <laughs> why, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not glad he's still in it, but I'm just glad yeah. that it's not because pa- you're like, what? That's never been what you're doing. I'm like, but he didn't even announce the name change. He just entered as a, <laughs> yeah. as a new man. Imagine just you, you just change your stage name. Like if I'm just like, no, I'm Jordan Lightning now. Yeah, and just never acknowledge it. Yeah, never Maybe tell anyone. Maybe Ben Washington. Ben I mean, Jimmy <laughs> Washington. <laughs> Jimmy Washington is a, yeah. Is ben Washington feels like like a rip off Civilization game once you use Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, we can't clone that, so it's Ben. <laughs> Ben Washington. Um, yeah, Jimmy Washington. <laughs> no, it's a good name. It's a good I name. I like the name. Yeah, right? Jimmy Washington. It's better than Pastor Jim for sure. <laughs> so he gets on a mic and he says, Pastor Jim is dead, but the cavalcade of stars continues. And just like, <laughs> awesome. Fuck. So out comes the do with hardcore Nick Gage and also comes out with the Briscoes. So it feels like they've sort of cut Nate Hatred from this faction, like they were toying with him being in it. Mm. But now it's just the do is managing Briscoes and Gage, which I think is better. Because yeah. Gage's outfit even sort of matches the Briscoes, so they actually sort of look like a they got a vibe. Yeah, they are good. They're definitely trying. They're mm-hmm. definitely uh, you know of all the faction of all the ten thousand factions that get created each week, <laughs> yeah. this is definitely one of the ones that's actually trying. So Jim just starts roasting the Dew and Briscoes to his face before giving De- I hate calling him the Dew before giving Dewey <laughs> Donovan the microphone, and Dewey <laughs> says the Briscoes aren't the best team of the year yet because I don't pay them the best. And then Pastor Jim's like, oh, yeah, you guys are broke or whatever. And Nick Gage just snaps and fucking <laughs> yeah. brain busters him, like, brutally. Don't talk about his money that way. It was so funny, man. Because I was like, why isn't Nick Gage beating the fuck out of this guy? Like, I'm, I don't know Nick Gage to ever allow someone to just talk shit right to his face. Yeah, no. It is like time, though, that he's like, never. You call me bald, but don't call me Paul, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then, so the Briscoes hold down Natasha. Like, they hold her by her arms and legs, and Nick Gage hits this brutal frog <laughs> splash to her. It's, f- it's pretty funny. It was really funny. <laughs> and then out comes Lobo to make the save just entirely too late. I wonder if he was meant to stop this, like, frog splash to Natasha. And he just, yeah. He was just, like, taking like, a piss oh, or shit. something. <laughs> yeah. And so Gage is like, well, I have to frog splash. <laughs> yeah, like, you think I'm not, uh, you think I'm not gonna? Yeah. So we get Nick Gage versus Lobo, which is a match I feel like we've seen just a maybe one too many times now uh i just yes i feel like i've seen this a bunch already uh, lobo kicks gage outside as he's like regrouping with the dew and then they begin wrestling at a fast pace but it's just all lobo he hits an angle slam a drop toe hold he sends gage back outside and then gage gage says the funniest shit like he's outside regrouping and he looks at the ref and he's like that guy pulled my hair ref <laughs> and you can hear the ref be like you're bald like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think gage, yeah gage gage is having fun this is maybe the best i've seen of lobo yeah, I think he's definitely because he's actually being allowed to do wrestling instead of just like when he's maybe recovered from all his injuries. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna throw you about like a ragdoll. He's yeah, like actually w- doing moves. Remember when he wrestled with a broken collarbone and they yeah. just put him in the main event in a death match? And they tried to protect him, air quotes, yeah. by like, <laughs> well, we'll just do a slow powerbomb. <laughs> yeah, so back in the ring, Lobo hits his nice exploder suplex for two. Is the fans are literally chanting "Dewey fucks kids," which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> finally gate gate like this has been all lobo until gage hits a saito suplex of his own for two and then he does this uh like face scraping boot that will be he'll become like known for 
He usually does it with like light tubes in front of the guy's face or whatever. But it's just a really nice looking boot. It's essentially the Samoa <laughs> Samoa Joe one. I mean, I, I, you're Canadian, so when you say boot, I'm like, <laughs> I know you're talking about boot. I'm like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> so Gage drags him outside to this big. I didn't even mention this yet because it hasn't come up. But there's like a giant production truck like in the building. Oh yeah, that's it. Feels very WWE yeah, like having a just like a. Like you know, in like the back room seg, like the the segments or whatever in the in the backstage. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the word. <laughs> backstage <laughs> segments where there is always just a massive truck there. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. just there in the thing. It's awesome. Yeah. So uh, he slam Gage slams Lobo into it, and you can tell the fans immediately are like, "Climb the truck!" Like, <laughs> yeah, the truck. yeah. But the it's truck. such a big truck. Like I'm glad. I thought maybe if anyone Rick Blade might try, but I'm glad no one did. Oh, I could see that him trying to redeem himself after the last time he fucked up jumping off a truck. <laughs> He's just straight up there. So Lobo reverses and just smokes Gage in the head with two chair shots. He, and then he just empties a trash bin on him, which I thought was just so disrespectful. Yeah. Like, it's clearly just a garbage, like an actual garbage <laughs> yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, there's no prop bins. Yeah. So Gage, back in the ring, does this really nice sunset flip for two, then schoolboys for two before hitting his roaring elbow. And then Dewey just enters the ring. And this one is even more classic than the, the one before. This is the one I was thinking about <laughs> when I was saying about bingo. Yeah. yeah. So Gage is just holding Lobo by his arms. Dewey is taking forever to get this bag of white powder out of his pocket. He puts it in his hand. And wouldn't you know it, he accidentally hits Nick Gage with the powder. Yeah. I always do find it funny that during after these spots, the other wrestler like does get the blood. But... You couldn't blame Dewey for for throwing it at Nick Gage. He's trying to throw it at the wrestler. He just escaped. If anything, it's Gage's fault <laughs> yeah. for not holding on to him strong enough. Yeah, why wouldn't you hold him by the head or something? Yeah, because, yeah, it's very odd. Very so, yeah, odd. You know what happens. Lobo just gets the schoolboy win at 7 minutes and 37 seconds. They announced that he has retained his Iron Man championship, which he didn't enter with, and I totally forgot he had. Yeah. I also didn't realize this match was for that belt. I guess you never know until the end. That's the best thing about CZW. <laughs> the title matches are a surprise. Yeah. So do engage or in the ring as fans are chanting fuck him up to Nick Gage. Engage is like teasing. Do engage. Mad. That's a good name, that. Do engage. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, Gage teases hitting him and then they hug. Yeah, that was. N- I did. I actually did like that. Mm. That they didn't immediately just fuck off the faction. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure this is like a pretty long term thing. I think Dewey might be like his career long manager, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I, I, I did know coming into starting this podcast that Dewey Donovan played a big part. Or that he had like a, a like a, a significant r- yeah role. A significant run in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm growing to like this faction. Me like, too. I'm growing to like them. You know, it's, and it's I mean, Nick Gage is the man. Yeah, of course. Of course. Sure he will constantly remind you during the match. Oh, the fucking man. Who's the man? <laughs> Who's the man? <laughs> yeah. So we get our cut, and I love when they do this in CCW. We cut, and then out comes Dewey Donovan again. It <laughs> <laughs> was just the guy we just saw <laughs> with the Briscoes. Uh, and yeah, the Briscoes, again, they're matching singlets, matching haircuts, impossible to tell apart. Uh, I noticed here, again, they don't get the announcer introducing them, but then the nec- the tag team does and introduces the next team of Nick Burke, who is entering now to this weird, like, techno-prog music. I did like it. I did, too. Yeah. But it it's just so not, like, it, his game, Nick Burke has changed maybe more than anyone since this, the first time we yeah, saw him. Very, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I, I used, we used to hate Nick Burke <laughs> on this podcast. And yeah. that, I definitely don't hate him. It's very funny, as well, because the camera's like, on the entrance, 
but there's only, it looks like there's just a there's just like a room just with like <laughs> lights pulsing everywhere because it's like very strange and the music's playing you're like well that room looks sick what yeah. is going on in there i need to be there yeah please let me in <laughs> and then they intro justice Payne from yonkers new york who does come out looking swole you can tell yeah. he just put the baby oil on yeah, he looks b- he looks big. He's wearing sexy leather pants. He's big enough for Zandig to mock him for steroid use. That's <laughs> that. When you say it, that is insane <laughs> that Zandig would do that. It's nuts, man. Yeah, like glass houses, dude. Um, Brit, but I th- I feel like Zandig would be the type of guy who'd lie about doing steroids and be like, "It's all natty, bro." A hundred percent. He's <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd say don't throw stones at glass houses, but I don't think he could move his arm yeah, in the yeah. w- in a way to throw or afford a house. Yeah. <laughs> so we get the Briscoes versus Nick Burke and Justice Payne. Burke and I believe Mark Briscoe begin, and it's weird because this is how Burke and Justice Payne started their last match, where it's just purely armbar based reversals and arm based holds. Then Justice Payne tags in, and he starts putting arm bars on him and stuff, and he hits a divorce court arm breaker. The Briscoes get advantage when they spit on Burke, and then they like Burke goes to get in the ring, and when the ref's back is turned, they eye-rake Justice Payne and then low-blow him. I like not doing one or the other, but the eye poke and then the low blow <laughs> yeah. is pretty funny. Justice Payne ducks in and Zaguri locks in an STF, but the other Briscoe just breaks it up immediately. And then Justice Payne starts running wild on both of them, hitting big clotheslines. Burke runs in and face busters one of them before they both clothesline both of the Briscoes over top to the outside. And then it just becomes like this wild brawling all over the place. And Justice Payne goes to the top rope and tries to, he tries to do the Rick Blade bounce from one rope to the other into a flip. And on the second bounce, he loses his footing and just falls, like, brutally from the top rope, splatting on the ground back first. I'd be very interested to see how many times someone in CZW's tried that and it's actually worked. Because <laughs> I swear, every time we've seen it, it's it's never worked. Dude, he's lucky he rotated enough and didn't just land on his fucking head. Yeah. But it still sounded, like, awful. Like, I don't know why they try, why they do that. Like it's Just a regular springboard is fine, bro. Yeah, like, it's... Because th- that will be, like... Knowing that there'll be tension in the ropes that you need to know and all that sort of shit, like you can't. There's no way they knew that about the ringing froggies or whatever or this fire station. <laughs> They're yeah. like, yeah, this is this is the place to try it. Yeah, when the rings, like when the canvas of the ring isn't just uniform and has like patches of different mats. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know it's like a shitty ring. Yeah, it's like a patchwork quilt, but <laughs> where you're going to land on your head. Yeah, so it's you know it's like a really bad botch when the fans are even too nice to chant you fucked up. Like it just. And it just as Payne doesn't even spring back to his feet and try something else, he sells like, "Yeah, I'm fucking dead." Like that killed him. I mean, there's a couple of mo- there's the, yeah, there's a lot of he's fucking dead <laughs> in this episode, in this show. Yeah, so Burke, uh, like I guess improvising at this point, clunks the Briscoes' heads together, and then you hear him check on ju- Justice Payne. He's like, "Are you okay, bro?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Justice Payne just gets to his feet as the fans like applaud him just for living. Uh, outside, Burke hurls the Briscoe, one of the Briscoes, into the sea of chairs, and they continue brawling outside for a while before Justice Payne attacks from behind with a chair and yells CZW as the fans uh, applaud, because they also love CZW. In the ring, Dewey trips Burke, and then the Briscoes hit multiple leg drops on him, and then they start just doing all their double team moves. And the Briscoes, like, they're so green, but they're still so a level above of most of the guys in this company. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very... You can see... Yeah, you can see they've got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Burke makes a comeback with a falcon arrow as Justice Payne loo- lays Dewey Donovan outside with a chair shot to the head. And it's one of those, like, I wonder if he cleared that with him or if he just decided to hit him with the head. Yeah, I don't chair. know. I don't know. 
Because Justice Payne does seem like the kind of guy, and I've heard that about him. Like, people would say they don't like working with him because he would just take liberties. Or, like, like Nick Gage said once, he, Justice Payne was just in a shit mood, so he just purposely didn't protect him and, like, fucking threw him through a thing. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, we've said that before when they've been, when they faced each other, they're clearly just gunning for each other. Like, yeah. really just wanting to punish the other, the other one. And, like, you see that with Lobo. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case with loads <laughs> of these wrestlers. Though, Everyone does that with Lobo, though. Yeah, true, true. But, like, yeah, I don't like. I don't know how many of these wrestlers are doing the proper things that you should, and not just being like, "Wouldn't mm. it be good if I hit you with a chair?" Weirdly, wife beater is like conscientious of other guys. Like it's, I, I find he doesn't like go out of his way to fuck guys up and seem just to be lobsters trying to be professional. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just one lobster. Remember that time? Yeah, of course. A lobster down his pants. I'll never forget. <laughs> so the Briscoes hit na- like a nasty German suplex on Burke. It was, it was almost like too far elevated, and he just lands like head first. Gets a two count before Burke counters with a hurricane rana. Like, so the Briscoe goes to do a standing hurricane rana, and Burke just pulls him back up with strength and does this really nice sit-out powerbomb. The fans are really into this match. This it's match good. It's like cooking. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah it's, it's a good match. Justice Payne gets the hot tag and runs wild, hitting a top-rope blockbuster on one Briscoe and then a crossbody on the other. One, one of the Briscoes outside with Justice Payne as the other one's going for a Frankensteiner. But Justice Payne lays out the guy outside, runs in, power bombs the Briscoe, trying to Frankenstein Nick Burke, and Nick Burke hits the frog splash for the win at 14 minutes and 23 seconds. And like I said, I li- already liked Bur- Burke and uh, Justice Payne's dynamic, but they like celebrate, they give each other the fist bump, and uh, yeah, it's good. I like this team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I did like that this whatever you know has Justice Payne has kind of stepped it up a bit for sure in his wrestling and like in like we said with the promo work and stuff so well he sort of treats himself like the franchise star and if you do that long enough and actually put the work in you sort of come across that way yeah so, yeah i fake I, it till you make it i was surprised how much i like justice Payne in this episode like easily the most i've liked him in. yeah definitely i mean same for nick burke as well actually mm-hmm. yeah really good match uh, so the brawling continues, and this is funny because like Justice Payne has to stay in the ring to do an angle. So Burke just decides to brawl with both Briscoes, <laughs> and, and, like in, like a two on one, and they just brawl to the back. Justice Payne gets on the microphone, uh, and he says, "Zandig, you come out here with my title right now." And he had good fire. Like I actually liked. Uh, I believed him again. Yeah. So, uh, and out comes Zandig, and Zandig like rushes the ring. Uh, and Ju- Justice Payne's just all over him, just with punches. He hits this nice spin kick. And then Zandig lifts Justice Payne up for a gorilla press. It's it's insane. Like, he looks, he does look so cool when he does that. <laughs> yeah. When he just lifts Justice Payne up above his head and is just, he's just like walking about with him above his head. It's insane. And, and it's like, at like well over like 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy. Because they were setting up an angle, but. Yeah, yeah. but d- d- he's just like, I'm just going <laughs> to carry around. I really thought that he was he was like looking for a table outside. Yeah, or I thought he was gonna throw him at something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was insane. But instead, Tommy Dreamer Holy. enters the ring, and uh, Zandig turns and sees him. He looks like he's seen a ghost. Uh, he actually sells it really well, and he loses his balance, and Justice Payne lands on him yeah. for for a two count. Tommy Dreamer, as seen in Impractical Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that episode. <laughs> he pulls down Hugh's pants. Yeah, like yeah, it's <laughs> great. It's, good, it's a good episode. So, side profile, born Thomas Laughlin, Tommy Dreamer began wrestling in 1989, trained by Johnny Rods, who I also believe trained McFoley, but I could be wrong on that. 
Uh, he would work the indies until joining ECW in 1993, where he would remain until its doors closed in 2001. Dreamer would have many notable feuds in ECW with the likes of Sandman and Raven and was often referred to as the heart and soul of ECW. He was brought into WWE in 2001 as part of the alliance with WCW, although he was always treated as a lower mid-carder, usually reserved for Sunday Night Heat, which was like the C show. Uh, and then fi- his biggest heights in the company would come with the ECW reunion one-night stand shows, uh, where he main evented the first one alongside the Sandman against the Dudleys, and then the next year he would team with hardcore legend Terry Funk to take on Edge and Mick Foley. Both really great matches on really great shows. Uh, he would leave a few years later and continue to partake in ECW reunion shows, and to this day is currently signed with TNA, along with running his own promotion, Har- House of Hardcore. So, Tommy Dreamer, uh, I always liked him. He caught a lot of flack recently on that... Uh, He's a controversial figure, isn't he? Well, what did he say? What's that show he was called? Ba- uh, Dark Side of the Ring, where he was basically just like, yeah, I, d- I just think Ric Flair rules. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it cut from a woman being like, <laughs> he sexually assaulted me, yeah. and Tommy Dreamer's like, I don't really buy it. Yeah, he <laughs> fucking rules. Yeah! <laughs> you're like, okay, Tommy Dreamer. Like, this guy, known for being like a sexual deviant womanizer, he would never do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, he's just... It was just how it was back in the day, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want it. Like, I don't want the show just to like always bring that sort of stuff. Yeah, but he's a controversial figure for sure. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. It, guys can have dumb opinions where I'm not like, okay, I think he's a terrible person. Forever. Yeah, and like, but like, I I really like Tom a lot of Tommy Dreamer's ECW run. I've not watched like I've not seen much of him. Outside. This is like the first time. I've I've seen him wrestle apart from on Impractical Jokers. <laughs> well, so. and even by this point, his body's, like, failing him. Like, he, he would go so hard in ECW for so long that he really was, like, just riddled with injuries. I like his outfit. He's come out looking a bit like uh, like Nico Bellic. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's always got the track pants <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, so the fans are just losing their minds here. It's that like is an insane get, though, to be fair. Like, oh, that yeah. Is like if he's because cons- thing he's is, a much bigger star than Tajiri and Super Crazy. What about Balls Mahoney? Much bigger than Balls. Yeah, Mahoney. yeah. So yeah. that is that's nuts. Mm-hmm. That this must be why they're in Delaware, where like uh, if you book in these guys, you're like, yeah, we'll literally bring the show to you <laughs> if it makes it easier. <laughs> I'll buy your bus ticket. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dreamer attacks Zandig, clotheslines him over the top, and this is sort of weird too because it's like Justice Payne's like. Oh, okay, Tommy Dreamer's here. I'll let him wrestle Zandig. And they just begin having this, like, separate match as Justice Payne sort of, like, chills in the ring. Yeah, and it's it's like, why is Tommy Dreamer, like, yeah, what's the angle? I like, just been called him up and been like, yeah. hey, Tommy, do you want to come and beat up Zandig? Like, what's, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll see, is it, gr- like, why he's here. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just odd. I mean, it was awesome. Like, I, I didn't obviously know a lot about Tommy Dreamer, but it's cool to see, like, big names popping up in it. Well, and he signs with WWF in 2001, so I don't think he's long for this company. Yeah, that's, but yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, imagine just being him and, like, you're like, I'm going to go to this show and, like, 150 people are going to treat me like Jesus Christ has arrived, like... Just a yeah, huge deal. I guess it's just that era, like it, it, it's just that era, right? Where there's just a lot of these sorts of things, mm-hmm. like where, and you just like, yeah, I'll just do it for a night. I guess, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very, very, very strange. Like, I bet, I bet they're making four figures. Like, I bet Tommy Dreamer made minimum a thousand dollars for this. Yeah, for just like ten minutes, yeah, or however long you know it came to. Yeah, like probably. I mean, yeah, Zandig got really. To be fair to him, you know, we've always. It, we've talked about him and made fun of him but he's 
business acumen. He knows what he's doing. Like <laughs> he's picked up the ECW thing. He clearly knows these guys are out on a limb. So he's like, yeah, just come in and do one match and then need some money. Even though like his whole thing would be ECW shit and CCW is better. And then yeah. the highlights of his show are when he brings in the, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, bigger stars from the bigger company. Yeah. So like Tommy Dreamer just hits Zandig's against, head against the wall like one time and Zandig does a crazy blade job. <laughs> like he's, he, you can tell he couldn't wait to cut his forehead. Yeah, it's, it, the amount of blood that's coming out of Zandig almost immediately <laughs> is like, like... the softest touch. Yeah, it's like the end of Evil Dead. Yeah. Like, there's so much blood <laughs> on his face, like, straight away. He just probably got overexcited because he's like, looks up to Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, he, did, he didn't even know. Just as a surprise from Justice <laughs> Bane. So Zandig reverse whips Dreamer into a truck and then yells out CZW. Uh, he throws him into the merch table and he picks up a Hate Club shirt and says, Fuck Hate Club. <laughs> fuck Tommy Dreamer. And I'm like, hate club's not even really a thing anymore. No, not really. Like, they've sort of just slowly devolved and gone their own ways. I also don't know how wearing a hate club merch, I don't know how you would. I don't know how you'd <laughs> wear anything, <laughs> a t-shirt that says the hate club on it. <laughs> and like, and like, go, like how, yeah. how is that going to go? Like, I don't know. Like, nobody's going to be like, oh, the wrestling faction. Which yeah, yeah. going to be like, oh, you're a racist. Like, <laughs> the hate club. I hate everybody <laughs> equally, though. Yeah, okay, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. Uh, Dreamer throws Zandig back into the ring where Justice Payne has constructed a table ramp, which is funny. It's just that's what he was doing this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Setting up a table ramp. Yeah, just, that's what he does. He just runs off and then there's a table ramp there. Yeah. So Zandig, uh, Falcon Arrow's Dreamer, he climbs to the top rope, but he's cut off uh, by Dreamer and then hung in the Tree of Woe. Justice Payne, outside of the ring, holds a chair in front of Zandig's face for Tommy Dreamer's, like, classic drop kick to the, to the chair. And it, he, he cracks the chair. Yeah, it does look good. Yeah, it looks and sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Justice Payne then pulls Zandig up, angle slams him through his table ramp, and says he folds the table over him. And I, swore, I swear to God, I thought he was going to pin him and win the title right here. And instead he just says, fuck you, Zandig. And they play Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. <laughs> Uh, and Tommy Dreamer and Justice Payne celebrate. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, very odd. I mean, it's not a match though, is it? This mm. Zandig just ran in after the after his match. I thought it was a match, but yeah, oh, you're you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah, you're right. The bell didn't ring. So no, yeah, it was, it was just, just a brawl. And they do care about rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, then, so it's funny. So Justice Payne and Tommy Dreamer fuck off. And there's this guy in the ring who's like, I guess his job is to wipe the ropes down, which I've never really seen before. Uh, it, I don't know why. Maybe like hygienic reasons. Very yeah, that's the one thing they care. That's when they care about hygiene. And it's funny because he takes the towel from one side of the rope to the other, and the fans are going, "Whoa!" <laughs> I wonder if I mean not to spoil what's coming up, <laughs> but it's to stop something catching on fire. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I wonder. That's interesting. Yeah, but I don't know for that's sure. That's so much more foresight than I would assume. CZW yeah, hundred percent. So <laughs> that's why I don't know if it is and what on earth that would be. But yeah, there's your teaser for the main event. Yeah. Um. So Zandig just like it's li the guys are really trying to like rub run the ropes by Zandig and Zandig just fucking stops him and he slaps him and then he clotheslines the fuck out of him. He does like two full rotations into a clothesline. Yeah. And it's like you can tell this guy's not a wrestler. He probably just pitched it to him. Because like the way he throws him over the top rope, the guy just eats shit. He does that classic like lands on his feet with too much momentum and then just bails to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean maybe there is there was no it was just a w the only way to 
have a set was I guess a guy cleaning ropes, but you could have done it to the merch guy. You could have had a, a reason that made sense. <laughs> the referee. Yeah, anyone. Yeah. Uh, so we cut, uh, and that is the that was a good segment too. Uh, so the show really like it started just awful. Maybe like the worst start to a show out past the the promos. Yeah. Uh, to like turn it into a pretty decent one by this point, I was enjoying. Yeah, it. like yeah, with with the stuff with the the people who had been on it and whatnot. Like yeah, it definitely went up in quality, which yeah. is the way you'd like it to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish it just never had those lows. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so Nate Hatred is out next again, not introduced, <laughs> and then followed by Madman Pondo. No introduction. And then the wife beater gets this big announcement by the announcer it, guy. He is the wife beater, though. Like yeah. He is, he, you know, you do want to be introduced by the lead singer of Bowling for Soup. <laughs> and it's the full, <laughs> it's the full, like, Bruce Buffer, like, he, he's with his brother-in-law, Big Smack Mac. He yeah. is the wife beater. And the fans are going fucking crazy. Yeah. Cheering and chanting his name. Uh, Nate Hatred, man. Like, <laughs> this is, he just thought, it's, he just looks like a child. Like he looks like a like a big, bo- like a like literally like I say it a lot, but he just looks like a big boy. Like yeah. like with his face, <laughs> just he, like his face makeup. I think it's because I can't not see the guy who said I like turtles. You know, in the meme. Yeah, you know oh, that yeah, I yeah. like to. Tur- that's all I see when I see him. So he just looks like a big boy. Like yeah. when he's walking around, and like I can't hate him. I think he's a shit wrestler. But, like, I'm just like, oh, man, Nate Hatred, like... <laughs> he does make me laugh, too. Yeah. But him and Pondo might be the two worst actual in-ring wrestlers in this company. Like, they have some exchanges in this where I'm like, man, neither of these guys. It's like, yeah, one. At least Pondo's, like, fun, though. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and ha- Nate Hatred, There's no name implies, yeah, is uh, <laughs> just a big boy. <laughs> so before this match gets going, Smack Mac just does a horrible promo that lasts like minute, like four minutes. I mean, why do they like, he's such a bad part of this act. Like, Wife Beater would be so much cooler just alone. Without, yeah, like, shit the silent, yeah. Although I think, d- doesn't Max Mac handle like distribution? That's how he stays in it, of like DVDs and all that I have sort no of idea. Stuff. Yeah, oh, that right. would make sense. There's got to be a reason. Yeah, because I think the smart, it's Smart Mark video, mm-hmm. I think. So maybe that's him. I don't know, but. Yeah, who knows? Uh, so they begin uh, double teaming Wife Beater right away as the camera like goes to the side and it just reveals this insane barbed wire table. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much barbed like wire. Light, yeah. It might be like, yeah, I think, is there light tubes there's on it? There's a light tube the one start? on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't really see it until they bump on it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, Wife Beater makes his own comeback here, hitting double clotheslines on both these guys and just fucking them up. Uh, and then he uh, gets caught by Nate and this, n- Nate Hatred, it's a, a fisherman suplex with a bridge, and I'm like, it's the single best move I've ever <laughs> seen him do. I was like, what the fuck? It's maybe the first move I've seen him do <laughs> <laughs> successfully. And then right after, I think that he hits the worst bulldog he's done. <laughs> in, in, in a move, it's such a simple move, and he's never hit a good once on Madman Pondo. And then instead of pinning him, he just starts choking him like the Undertaker would in the in the early '90s. Uh, just so bad, man. Yeah, he's trying. He's doing too much, like. He's like obviously, obviously a lot of wrestlers like when they don't really have their own thing, they're just copying from other people. Same with comedians, where you just copy the community. Like, but he's just doing like twelve people. Like he's doing twelve <laughs> yeah. different uh, wrestlers that makes him just look weird. Yeah, totally. Um, so Pondo makes his own comeback here, and then not to be outdone, does like the worst famouser I've ever seen. <laughs> like he can't even jump because he's so immobile. So he. Lowers Nate Hatred's head and puts his leg on top <laughs> of it and then just falls. <laughs> it looks awful. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why they're trying moves. And then 
So this is crazy. White Peter's just on the apron, and he calls for Pondo. And he's like, Pondo, bring hatred over here. And Pondo lifts him up to in the powerbomb position for White Peter. And White Peter just turns, and you see he's constructed this chair table outside, like six chairs deep. And he just drops Nate Hatred off the apron <laughs> through this chair table. It looked brutal. Yeah, this is this. <laughs> it feels more like a hazing than a <laughs> Nate Hatred match. Like Nate Hatred gets so fucked up in this. Yeah, match. it feels like they're like, you go through this, and you're one of us. <laughs> yeah. And then Pondo goes out on the apron as White Beater's coming in, and he just casually like picks up White Beater. And that's when you realize there's a light tube table on that side of the Oh, room. yeah, yeah, that's it. Sorry, yeah. And he goes to suplex him, and he basically misses. Like, White Beater might clip, like, two of the tubes, but he just throws him, like, casually. Uh, and White Beater just wipes out on the table. So White Beater does that thing, like Mick Foley in Hell in the Cell 98. He misses the tube, so he just rolls over into the tubes <laughs> to show that, like, he would have taken the tubes. Um, but Pondo starts calling for chairs and it's funny because people are handing him chairs, but they're like those padded chairs. Yeah. With, like the soft cushion and Pondo gets like pissed off and like <laughs> throws those ones <laughs> yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he makes a chair table in the ring and then he puts his stop sign on the chair table, his, his signature stop sign. Do you reckon it's the same one? He like reforges it. Uh, I, yeah, I <laughs> he takes it home and like <laughs> reforges <laughs> it. Takes it to the garage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and then he gets him and Nate Hatred get on this chair table, and then Nate Hatred sets up and hits the Rikishi driver like forward soup uh, pile driver, and I was like, oh my god! Like, I would not trust. That is such a risk, man. Yeah, like head first on this chair table, and the chairs go flying. So like, there's just no way to protect yourself here. <laughs> Luckily, Pondo didn't get paralyzed. Wife Beater re-enters, and he's like taking light tubes off the broken table. He just smokes one Pondo with one. He takes half of the tube and puts it on Nate Hatred's head and just punches it. Yeah, they look fucking light tubes look so sick. <laughs> yeah, dude, they are <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah. And Wife Beater using them looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. A and then he takes the last piece of this broken tube and just digs it into Pondo's <laughs> forehead. And you can see him just cutting his forehead with a tube. Like, it's uh, it's really... <laughs> You know, it it would be so much worse to take like that power bomb through the chair table, but I'd almost rather do that than have someone just cut my forehead. Yeah, with a light yeah, tube. <laughs> it looks brutal. Uh, and so they all they all up, up end up uh, sorry they all up end up outside, and Pondo just DDTs Nate Hatred onto like what's left of the broken light tube table. It like explodes. It's crazy. Well, like because there's so many tubes on it because they <laughs> missed it. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, it made me like uh, like flinch a bit because it just like. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And then, not to be outdone, uh, Wife Beater just picks up Pondo immediately and just suplexes him on the light tube. Like <laughs> yeah. Just these destroyed light tube mess. Uh, and then Nate Hatred just gets to his feet and body slams. There's like two light tubes intact still, and he just body slams Wife Beater right on them. So all three guys are just bleeding like everywhere. Yeah, it is <laughs> brutal. Like Wife Beater's back looks fucked at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, def yeah. There's bl there is blood everywhere. Like Zandig has left blood as well. It's just chaos. Mm -hmm. They start they start brawling with the sea of chairs. Wife Beater tries to whip Nate into it, but he stops short and then power slam. He did a really sloppy power slam to Wife Beater onto the chairs, and Wife Beater like almost no sells it because I think he saw it look like shit. And then he hits his own power slam to Nate Hatred onto the chairs. These guys are just really, like, fucking each other up. Uh, Nate Hatred pulls out a staple gun while they're near the, like, big production truck. Yeah. Which is, like, no one can see what he's doing. And it's not <laughs> like it makes a loud enough noise. So <laughs> yeah, it's like this, yeah. It's like he's stapling them in the dark. Yeah, wrestling ASMR. <laughs> like, <laughs> st stapling gun, yeah. 
And but so Nate Hatred has this T-shirt, and he staples it like one side to Wife Beater's head and one side to Pondo's head, and then like drags them back to the ring together by the T-shirt. That's not. It wouldn't. It wouldn't work like that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so in ring, Pondo calls for the barbed wire table, and he sets it up. He gets Nate Hatred on the top rope. And it's like he's going for a Frankensteiner, which is ridiculous because there's no way Pondo could hit a Frankensteiner. No. It's just too athletic of a move. We know he can't jump. <laughs> and as it, it's weird, there's this random wrestler guy. I couldn't tell if he was a fan, but he didn't have a shirt on and he looked jacked. So I think it was a wrestler. Or a customer. I'd never seen him before. Yeah. 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 Steroid. <laughs> steroid <customer>. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but Pondo's like jawing with this guy as he's like in front of hatred. As this is going on, Wife Beater is just dousing the table yeah. in lighter <laughs> fluid. Uh, it is just like, it is, it's like a renaissance. Like, if you took a still frame of that, it is like a weird renaissance painting, I'd say. <laughs> where they're arguing, Nate Hatred's just somewhere, like, going mad. And, like, he's just like, just like, the really. Just in between Pondo and the guy just waiting to be, like, yeah, absolutely <laughs> insane. And, yeah, so wife beater lights this thing up and the fire is so high like so dangerously high I was yeah like, you, can, you, you hear the camera guy be like oh fuck like oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah there is <laughs> i mean luckily they're in a fire station <laughs> yeah yeah for sure definitely yeah i mean that may be the one place you don't want to burn down i mean maybe <laughs> hopefully they'd have the protections but like he's like no one weakness of fire in the fire station um it, it is like i think it's easy to forget how mental it is that they did this indoor like they like <laughs> whenever a fire yeah whenever there's fire involved because you're like desensitized to it a bit you're just like that's kind of crazy but you're like that's not that's <laughs> mad like an insane fire that could easily go out of control all he did was just like squeeze a bottle of fucking lighter fluid who knows where it went Dude, like the fire it could have it just caught like Pondo's shirt, because Pondo wrestles with a t-shirt. It could have easily caught on fire. Here. Yeah, baby oil. <laughs> there's, mm -hmm. there's gallons of baby oil in that room. And and the fire, usually these fire tables, they just go out right away. But Dude. this one is like ra like it's a raging fire. Yeah, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is like when you set fire to something in your room. And you're like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. <laughs> and like, you're like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Burn the house down, mom. <laughs> so wife beater, it gets behind Pondo. They, it's like they're waiting for the fire to die down a bit. It does not. And it doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm like, so is that... Can I see Qui-Gon Jinn in the fire? Like, it's like a pyre. Like, like it's like, what is this? So he power bombs Pondo through it, who is also suplexing Nate Hatred in a Tower of uh, Power. Or I figure what they go, Tower of Doom. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking insane. Thankfully, the fire does just go out on impact. Yeah. Because uh, it's barbed wire. You could fucking get stuck to it. Like, it was so not thought out. It w <laughs> No, if there's one thing you cannot... We cannot say of CZW is that it's ever thought out. Yeah. yeah. That's why the rope right wiping thing is yeah, so, so Yeah, no, yeah, definitely not. Um, so, yeah. And thankfully, Pondo doesn't get stuck on it. It's funny. Like, as soon as he goes through it, Wife Beater, like, pulls him out of the barbed wire. Yeah, Wife Beater. To, like, you, protect him. You're probably, you're right, actually. Like, Wife Beater, like, knows his shit. Mm -hmm. Like, and knows, you know, knows what he's doing to more of a degree than others. So Wife Beater uh, pulls Pondo off the table and pins him for the win at 11 minutes and 8 seconds. I got to say, the right guy won this one. Uh, Nate Hatred starts weirdly acting like he won. Like he's raising his arms and like, <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. It's just fucking weird. I love the idea of him just trying to partner with anyone who loves it. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> yeah, my tag team partner, Wife Beater. Uh, <laughs> Nick Gage, my tag team partner. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> the officials are checking on Pondo, who's selling like he's dead. And I don't even know if do it's selling. I d <laughs> genuinely, I was like, oh, fuck. Because at one they're point, they're like, like... wet towels on him. And yeah, stuff. and they're like, get the camera. You can't film it. Like, I was like... <laughs> I was like, I'm like, is he? I was like, is he dead? Yeah. Like, I don't like it. He was selling it really well. Better than when Sandra and when Zandig was like vibrating. <laughs> like, yeah. it was absolutely insane. Yeah, he's. I'm like worried for him for sure. Yeah. So uh, the f uh, that that ends the show. The the show ends with the fans chanting Pondo's name. The final score here was tough for me. If if it if you cut the rebel match and that six man, this would be like a three out of ten for me. Like or three three out of seven. Sorry. Because uh, I really liked the opening promo segment more than they thought I would. Right, the Pastor Jim shit was actually really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Lobo Gage match was good. The tag match was good. The main event was awesome. But that 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 real fucked up stuff really took it down for me. And this whole show was two hours and nine minutes, which really took it down for me. So I think I'm going 1.75. Yeah, I think uh, pr pretty much the same as me. Like I probably wouldn't have rated it as highly as, as three without that. Um, but yeah, it's still on the definitely on the higher end, and like compared to last week, like um, definitely like a high rating because of the wrestling involved and things like that. Like they just if they had a commentary on this and no Rockin' Rebel and that shit, it would have been the best episode so far, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think one point five, and I'm not you know it doesn't mean I'm less racist than you or anything <laughs> like that. I just uh, you know maybe didn't this yeah it was it's like one point five. It is. Like, Rockin' Rebel, I hate seeing him. Like, I hate when he turns up. I don't enjoy him being on there. I hope this is the end, but they didn't frame it as the end. Yeah, you don't have the same the end. you do about Trent Acid when you see him. Um, like, oh, it's sad this guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, definitely not, no. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, to have a have a weird existential crisis seeing Trent Acid as well maybe didn't, you know, it, I was like, oh, man, maybe 1.5. Um, yeah, but, yeah, 1.5. I w would have been higher if not for Rockin' Rebel and all that sort of dog shit. So hopefully that's over now. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love it if you just left the company. Like if you just had a disagreement with Zandig and was just never heard from again. That'd be so sick. Like what yeah. happened to the Kingpins? Um, whatever happened to the Kingpins? <laughs> we'll do a side. We'll do a spin-off. I want to. I bet we could interview them. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if if they're still alive, we <laughs> they will be up for being interviewed about something they can probably not remember. All right, everyone. That has been Comics in the Combat Zone. Well, war at Station 44. <laughs> uh, I am <laughs> Jordan Ducharme, at Funny Jordan D on Instagram and Twitter. Please give me a follow. And I'm Ben Sned, at Pink Hoverboard on Instagram. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. <laughs>